Come on, is anybody thankful for the blood of Jesus this morning? Come on, the blood that has washed away your sins. The blood that has set you free. Come on, the blood that has redeemed time. Is anybody grateful for the blood? Make some noise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys can have a seat. You guys are all looking so good. Come on, is anybody in love with Jesus this morning? Hallelujah. Pastor Tom, I've always loved hearing you worship. Is anybody grateful for Pastor Tom and the worship team? Hallelujah. It's going to be fun today. You know what? I, I just made you sit, but how about we stand just to honor pastors real quick? Come on. Let's honor pastors. They're watching online right now. Pastors, we honor you. We are so thankful for you. Thankful for lead, that you're leading the way, that you're hearing the word of the Lord. We love you. We honor you. We appreciate you. Hallelujah. You guys can have a seat. We are so blessed to have pastors who are the same way behind the scenes as they are up here. I know that. I have met with Pastor Andy. He has challenged me. He has paved the way. He believes God. This family loves God. Is anybody grateful for pastors? I also want to honor the dream team this morning. That's everybody who serves week in, week out, wearing the black dream team shirt. We're the ones who open the doors for you. We're the ones that park your cars. We're the ones that are watching your kids. Come on, is anybody grateful for the dream team? Hey, a special shout out to the parking team, of which I am a part of. That's probably where you recognize me. I am the guy out there that parks your cars. And every single time that I tell you to go this way, but you go that way, just know... And I write down your license plate and I text it to Pastor. Now, we love you. Hey, uh, being a part of the Dream Team has been such a blessing to my life. Um, not only has it given me the opportunity to serve, and, and God is big on that. God says the greatest is in the kingdom is the servant of all. Servanthood is huge to God. Uh, but it's also given me a community of people to do life with. Uh, some of those guys were texting me this morning and telling me that they're praying for me and they're cheering me on. If you are looking for maybe the next thing that God has for you and you are not a part of the Dream Team, I highly, highly encourage being a part of that. Go find out more info, but especially the parking team in Jesus' name. And then I want to save the best for last, but uh, I got engaged last month. Why don't you put that ring, ring in the air, baby? Just so there's no confusion, that is Victoria Grace Soares. So there's no confusion. That girl right there is taken. Uh, but we're in love with God. We're in love with each, uh, each other. And, uh, yeah, we're excited for, for all that God has. Uh, hallelujah. You guys ready to get into the word? Are you guys ready to get into the word? Let's pray. God, I thank you this morning for another day of life. We will rejoice and be glad in this day. God, I thank you for the season that we're in, the day that we live in. God, I thank you that you're with us, that you have made us a victorious church, an overcoming church, that you have equipped us with everything that we need. God, I'm asking that you would do what only you can do this morning. God, would you set people free? God, would you deliver? God, would you take us to the next level? In Jesus' name, and anybody who's hungry for that, say amen. Thank you so much, Pastor. All right. 
We are going to jump into the Word. We have been in an interesting season, and I want to bring a little bit of perspective. Uh, Over the summer, we've been learning that God is wanting to do um, sand, and he's been speaking to us about sand and stars. Sand and stars was a promise that God made to Abraham that God was going to do the impossible in his life. That God was going to start, literally birth a nation through this man who didn't even have one son. And pastor so had that on his heart, and he had been talking about it over and over and over, that God was going to do sand and stars in our life. And God began to speak to me about that even and say, I have equipped you now to be able to receive and position yourself to receive me to do sand and stars in your life. And he told me, Kenny, not only is sand and stars an opportunity for you now, now it's your assignment. Because here's the thing. You can come into church and receive and receive and receive, but then at some point, God begins to require of you. And I know it's tough hearing that in church that something's required of me because we think that we're doing God a favor just by showing up. But God speaks over and over and over in Scripture that when God gives you something, there's a responsibility to do something with it. And we have been exposed to anointing teaching week in and week week out about how God can do sand and stars in our life. And then pastor began to talk and declare that this month is a month of transformation. And I want to show you this morning how they absolutely go together. Because God wants to do a new thing in your life, but to do that, he's going to have to give you a new mind. How about you turn to the person next to you and say, God wants to give you a new mind. God wants to give you a new mind. Now, I'm going to read a text. I'm really pumped about this text, and I've never really uh, heard this text preached when it comes to the, to the uh, topic of renewing your mind. But just bear with me. It's going to make sense in the end. Hopefully. Just kidding. It is. All right. Let's go ahead. My, first, my text is 1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 1. I love the Word of God. I brought my old Bible with me. Look at that. Old Bible with me this morning just because we've been through some things over the years. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. Wow. And there was no widespread revelation. Another translation says there wasn't many open visions. And it came to pass, verse 2, at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. So already we hear that in this period of time, the word of the Lord was rare. God wasn't speaking. There was no open vision, and this priest, this leader, his vision was beginning to go out. Verse 3, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, here I am. Now, normally when people preach this text, it's an introductory text to the person of Samuel, And he's a great person in the Bible. But this morning, I actually want to focus on this leader, Eli, who was on his way out. See, I love this because this text is a window 
that the Bible gives us into a historic period of transition. Somebody say transition. Transition takes place when God is done with one chapter and he's ready to start another. Come on. Come on. Transition takes place when God is done with one kingdom and he's ready to establish another. Come on. I need somebody to help me preach this morning. Transition takes place when God is done with one dispensation and he's ready to introduce another one. Transition takes place when God is done with an old thing and he's ready to start a new thing. And I just have this feeling down on the inside of me that God is ready to do something new in somebody's life. Eli was the high priest of the nation of Israel. He was the leader. He was the man. But he was an illegitimate leader. Under his leadership, the kingdom was falling apart. He was not a faithful priest and was forsaking the requirements of God. And this man had two sons that the Bible literally called sons of Satan. <laughs> and they were in the ministry. Go, go figure. That'll preach all by itself, huh? These sons had no regard for God or the offerings that people would bring to offer to God. They were also having sexual relationships with the women who were supposed to be dedicated to the service of the tabernacle. And the worst part was everybody knew about it. And all of this made a mockery of the things of God. Finally, a man of God delivers a word of judgment to Eli. He comes, and after warning, and after warning, and after warning, because how many know God is a good God? And he will tap you on the shoulder over and over and over to get you to turn away from destruction. A man of God delivers a word of judgment, and he says, judgment is coming. And the sign is this, that both of your sons are going to die on the same day. So we have the nation of Israel who's supposed to be the chosen people of God, but they are in a state under illegitimate leadership where the kingdom is collapsing by the second. How sad. And every sign points to the fact that this kingdom is on its way out. I want to, again, look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Look at this. The boy Samuel ministered before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days, and there was no open visions. That is sad because you serve a speaking God. God always has something to say. God has words that he wants to deposit in your heart. You could be in a hopeless situation, but God wants to give you a word this morning. Oh, man, one of the things that I have learned to value is an ear that hears the word of God. Don't take away my ear to hear the word of the Lord. You can take my health, but don't take away my ear to hear the word of the Lord. You can take my money, but don't take my ability to hear the word of the Lord. Because I can be broke, but if I can hear the word of the Lord, he'll take me right back into prosperity. Come on, I could be lying on a hospital bed with the ventilator in my mouth, but if I can hear the word of the Lord, he said he will say his word and heal me and deliver me from my destruction. Just don't take my ability to hear the word of the Lord. You can be in a mess. You could be running from God, but if you can still hear his voice, and can I tell you something? The fact that you're in this building proves that you do. 
Be of good cheer. Be encouraged because if he's still tapping on your shoulder, if you will just follow his voice, he will lead you out 100% of the time. Verse 2 said his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, which speaks of broken vision. Under illegitimate leadership, they were experiencing the loss of vision. There was no forward movement. There was no progression. Come on, with the people of God, it was always supposed to be a takeover. You serve the God of increase, and your life is supposed to mirror that. God is the God that says he will take you from faith to faith, from strength to to strength. Your life is supposed to be ever increasing. I want to tell you something this morning. You were not called to plateau. Come on. God is not the God of stagnation. God has another level for you that he wants to introduce you to, that he wants to take you to. The Bible says about his kingdom that the, that the increase of his government and kingdom, there shall be no end. Oh, man, America's in a mess. Yeah, but the kingdom isn't. Because to the increase of his government and kingdom, there shall be no end. Oh, my life is in trouble. I look like my situation is just, yeah, but to the increase of his government, there shall be no end. And if you can just align yourself with what God is doing, your life will forever be on a trajectory of increase. If somebody uh, agrees with that, say amen. Have you ever experienced the frustration of being stuck? Are you in that season of being stuck? Align yourself with what God is doing, and he is going to forever take you on a trajectory, a course of increase. Israel's time of judgment had finally come. The Philistines had come out to battle against the people of Israel, and in this battle, in one particular battle, <clears throat> um, I was going to say the Philistines beat the crap out of the people of God, but that's probably, I got to watch it. I'm, I'm learning to watch my language. They defeated the people of God in one battle, and 4,000 men fell. The saddest part was that when the word of that came to the elders, the people of God, that in a panic, they called for the Ark of the Covenant. I want you to pay attention to this part of the story. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was a wooden box overlaid with good, that the priests would carry around, and this box literally represented or even contained the presence of God. And there were times that they would take this box or this ark out to battle, and because God was with them, they would always be victorious, right? Because if God be for you, who can be against you? He's the God that promised, I'll go before you, ahead of you, and your enemy could come against you one way, but I will make them scatter in seven different ways. But on this particular time, the two sons were the ones that carried the Ark of the Covenant out. And at this point, the Ark was just a public sign of a covenant that they had broken in private. A public sign of a covenant that in private they didn't keep or have any regard for. Oh God, I hope that my preaching would never be a sign of a covenant that in private I don't keep. 
Come on, if I'm a worship leader, I never want my worship up here, my performance, to be an outward sign of a covenant that I have no respect for back at home. God, raise up a generation of people who keep this covenant in private, and God promotes them openly. They had forsaken the covenant of God, so God had forsaken them, and they went to another battle, and this time 30,000 men died that day, including Eli's two sons, and then a phrase went out throughout the camp, Ichabod, Ichabod, which means the glory had departed. The glory of God. This is what made the people of God different. Not that they were a certain race, not that they were intellectual, not that they were taller than anybody else, but the fact that God went with them. That's what makes you and I different. That we have God in our homes, that we have God on our sides, that we're driving down the street and God is sitting shotgun. Ichabod, which meant the glory had departed. A soldier who was able to see these events, he ran to go tell Eli the priest, which takes me to my next scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 16. Okay, I'm going to make all this make sense and, and bring it home to you. <clears throat> it says, then the man, this is the guy who went to go pass the message, and the man said to Eli, I am he who came from the battle, and I fled today from the battle line. And he said, what happened, my son? So the messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines, and there has been a great slaughter among the people. Also, your two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead, and the ark of God has been captured. Now check out verse 18. Then it happened when he made mention of the ark of God that Eli fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate, and his neck was broken, and he died, for the man was old and heavy. Of all things, when Eli heard the news that the glory of God had departed, departed the Bible was very specific to talk about how this man died, and this man fell backward and broke his neck, which means he lost his head. He lost his head. Why am I bringing up this story when we're talking about the month of transformation? Because the head represents leadership. Right? Track with me. Now, I just told you that the nation was under illegitimate leadership. And the Bible teaches us a very important principle. Hosea 4, 6. Like priest, like people. In other words, the direction that the leader is headed that's the direction that the people are headed. The direction that the CEO is headed, that's the direction that the business is headed. The direction that the pastor is headed, that's the direction that the church is headed. Why is that important? Because this month, we are learning that our mind is the headship of our lives. Pastor just got done teaching us that the direction that our mind is headed that's the direction that our life is headed. Oh, I've come to give you good news this morning. That if you are not happy with the way that your life is going, God is going to give us a grace of transformation this month to change the direction of our head and watch our life follow suit. Whichever direction your mind is headed, come on. 
That's the direction your life is headed. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you came to men's and women's last week, you were part of the men's group, we learned, Craig Rochelle taught us, which by the way, those lessons are amazing. He taught us your life goes in the direction of your strongest thought. Wow. Your life goes in the direction of your strongest thought. What did Pastor Randy say? What you think about matters more than what you think. And we're so caught up in this busy culture and society that most of us don't even take time to pause and think about what we're thinking about. But I want to tap you on the shoulder and say, slow down. Do you like the direction of your life? Because if you don't, God is giving you the opportunity for transformation this month. Woo. Man, that's exciting. This story is a perfect parallel for our relationship with our mind and our life. So I want to talk about three points. Three, I'm just going to highlight three points that we saw in this story. It was sad because it was the people of God that were not experiencing the life that God had for them. Dave was sharing in the men's this, this uh, week the scripture that says that God had given us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these promises we can actually experience the divine nature. One of the saddest things is to see a frustrated Christian or a depressed Christian. And the sad part is because there's no reason for you to be in that place. God has given you everything you need, the Bible says, that pertains to life and godliness. But we're so trapped up under illegitimate leadership that the people of God or you experience a life, not because that's the life God has for you, but because that's the direction that your life has taken you. But I'm telling you, God is about to shift that this morning and this month. So I want to start out with point one. Point one is this. A renewed mind is key to breaking sinful behavior. A renewed mind is key to breaking sinful behavior. Remember when I was reading the story, sin was running rampant under illegitimate headship. And I want to tell you, actually, a lot of times the sin issues in our life are not because you're a bad person. It's because you have an illegitimate mindset. See, I grew up in church. I've been in church for a while. <laughs> I've been to a lot of church services. So if I miss one, don't judge. I'm up like 500 on you, okay? I've been in church for a while, and they used to say that if you didn't like your behavior, just repent, feel bad about it for about a week, and then try your best to change it. And I did. I did. I felt bad about it. And I asked God to change me, but because I never experienced a transformation in my mind, three days later, there I am going do, and doing the same thing that I hated. I remember even coming back, and, and I heard some preachers say, you know, your problem with your sin is that you love it. You need to hate it. You need to hate it. You need to try harder. Try harder. And I was like, I am. I am trying hard. You know, you need to hate it more. I do. I do hate it. God knows that I hate it. 
you know, I wasn't thinking about sharing this, but I, I, in studying for this, I remember there were times where I, I, when I first stepped into leadership in, in a church in Salinas that, that I was caught up in a, in a sin cycle, and, and I so hated it that I remember fasting and praying, and it still didn't go away. I remember even one time just even hitting myself in the face, and I was saying, how could you call yourself a leader, and you're, st- you're looking at these things that you know you're not supposed to be looking at? And God, he, he was so good that he, that he intervened and he said, you don't need to beat yourself because I, because there was someone else who took that beating for you. Come on, you don't have to pay a price because there's somebody else who paid that price for you. And God began, began to take me on a journey of transformation. And you know what? The sin didn't get beaten out of me. God doesn't want to beat the sin out of you. The sin got loved out of me. One of the best things that God has ever shown me and I allowed my mind to be transformed in this area was that God loves you. God is crazy in love with you. On your worst day, God is in love with you. And I want to tell you, if you are dealing with habitual sin, the thing that you're doing over and over and over, and you do hate it, I know you hate it, I want to tell you that there is an answer this morning. And it's the love of God that will fill your heart, that will so make you whole. That when temptation comes, it won't even find anything to attach itself to. There are answers. And if you will allow your mind to be renewed, it is the key to breaking the sin cycle. I heard T.D. Jakes, he said that I have never met a man who beats on his wife that loved himself. I want to go there because that's real life. And a lot of times in church, we don't talk about those issues, but I want to talk about them this morning. That if you are caught, we're not going to shame you or guilt you. I'm telling you, there's answers this morning, and it's the love of God. Let God teach you about who you really are. That you're not broken, that you're not used, that you're not damaged goods, that you're a son or a daughter. Let the love of God transform you in the arena of your mind, and you will see those things broken over your life. Hallelujah. Point two, a renewed mind is key to hearing the word of Lord, the Lord and receiving revelation. Oh, this is so, so crucial. I was saying earlier that God is a progressive God, that there is absolutely a word for you, that God wants to take you to the next level, that God is speaking. Did you know that? He's a speaking God. In the book of Genesis, when he comes on the scene, that's what he wants to show about himself in the beginning, right? God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light. It was showing you what he wants to do. He wants to bring light into your chaos. He wants to take you from here to there. God is speaking. But my question to you this morning is, are you hearing the word of the Lord? What is your game plan for life? What is your game plan for your life? Are you going to just try to figure out what your next move is? When you were made to hear the word of God, but sometimes we can't hear because our mind is not even on the same level of the thinking that God wants to deposit in our hearts. God wants to take you out of things like shame and guilt over your past. God gave me this phrase that God wants to deposit words for our future, but we can't hear because our mind is set on the past. 
God wants to deposit a word for your future, but you can't hear it because you're obsessed with the past. I'm obsessed with, you know, the life that my ex has with so-and-so, and it's been 12 years, and there you are stalking them on Facebook. I know you do it. I see you do it. But God wants to do something so much better than that. He wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you a new relationship. He wants to give you a new company. He wants to give you a new ministry. God wants to speak about your future. Man, don't you want to know about it? God wrote about it, a book of your life, a poem that is your life. Don't you want to hear about it? I was uh, uh, with my fiance. I just love saying that. With my fiance yesterday. <laughs> and we were listening to Joyce Meyer, and she was talking about these people who have these unrealistic expectations of people. Unrealistic expectations is a mindset. It's a mind frame. And the same people are praying, God, give me relationships. God, send godly relationships. God loves them too much to send them to you. Because your unrealistic expectations is going to end up damaging them. Do you want new relationships? Get a new mind frame. Allow God to get so deep that he shows you how to look at people. Do you get what I'm saying? Are you catching my heart this morning that God has, ooh, he has new things for you. God wants to do a new thing for you. And the way into it is allowing God to renew or give you a new mind. But you have to be committed to it. You have to be ready and intentional about allowing God to go there. And sometimes it's the toughest thing to do. Something that you've believed your whole life. And then God confronts it and offends your mind. But let him go there. Let him go there. Have the humility to say, God, I don't know everything there is to know about you. But if you'll teach me, I'll learn. I should see everybody on Wednesday nights showing up with a notebook and a pen saying, I'm ready to learn. God is ready to do it if you are. Hallelujah. You have to make up your mind. I'm going to go forward. Come on. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to miss out on this thing that God has for me. There's somebody in a hospital bed right now who would die for the opportunities that you have. The things that you know, me and Alfred talk about this all the time. Think about how much word we've been exposed to. Think about how much we have experienced where men of God have invested in our lives. It's time to do something with it. It's time to grow. It's time to change. It's time to enter the things that God has always had prepared for you. But you got to be committed. I'm going to go forward. God, give me a new mind. Somebody say that. Say, God, give me a new mind. Hallelujah. Which brings me to point three. If I can get the keys. <clears throat> a renewed mind, point three is key to receiving the glory of God. Remember, this was the thing that separated this nation from the rest, that this nation had the glory of God. You were made to do life with the glory of God. You were made to do life with the presence of God. This is not a religion. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross so there could be a lot of Christians. 
in a Christian religion. He didn't do that so we can get to church. He wanted to, for God to get in your life, for you to do things with God in your midst. Come on, did you know that you can even have a church service without the presence of God? I don't want a church service without the presence. I don't even want to tie my shoes without the presence of God. I need God. You were supposed to do life with the presence and the glory of God. But there's something very, very important that I want you to see. That is a requisite. That is a requirement to receive that next dimension, that next level, that next outpouring of the glory of God. First, I want to tell you this morning that it is absolutely God's plan that he would pour out his glory in your life. Things change when you have the glory of God. Your whole business will change when you have the glory of God. Young preachers, your whole ministry will change when you get the glory of God. A hurting relationship in here, the whole relationship will change when you get the glory of God. I'm a big uh, revival fan. I, I've read of past stories of revivals, even as a, as a young man, and, and uh, there's always a hunger for revival, and pastor's been declaring that, and God's been stirring up again, just a hunger for revival. Man, there were certain revival periods that changed history, and these revival periods were times and, and places where God just poured out his spirit, and it just changed culture, it changed cities, it changed communities, it closed down bars, it just revolutionized the area when God decided to pour out his spirit on a group of people. It turned the world upside down in the book of Acts when God poured out his spirit. And God absolutely is going to do that again. And I want you to be a part of it. And you're going to be a part of it. But check this out, Mark chapter 2, verse 22. It says, this is Jesus using a parable or illustration to talk about what God wanted to pour out. And he says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but new wine must be put into new wineskins. See, the problem is that God wants to do a new thing. And I heard a quote studying this me for this message, and it was a brilliant quote. I, I, really, I really wish I could come up with quotes like these, but the quote was this, that when God wants to do a new thing, the price or the cost is always the old thing. God wants to do a new thing, but it's going to cost you the old thing. And here's the thing, that when God is wanting to pour out a new thing, but if we still have the mind of old expectations or old regulations, or we're so bent on how God did it last time, that we could absolutely miss 
what God is wanting to do this time. God wants to do a new thing, but it's going to cost you the old thing. I was studying the wineskin element, and I, I learned that the wineskins were like, um, they were skins that were made of like goat hide or skin. But the thing is that when the wine, the fermented wine was put in these wineskins, it would expand the wineskin. So an old wineskin was a wineskin that had already been expanded to its limit. So if you were to pour new wine in the old wineskin, the wineskin that has already reached its limit would burst and it would spill or waste the new wine. And that encouraged me because God wanted me to tell you this morning that that current mindset, mind state has already reached capacity. But God is going to give you a new mind. Woo! That is going to be able to contain a new glory that God is about to release. Come on, your old mindset has reached its limit. It's time to do away with it. God wants to do a new thing. But I need a people who are ready to say, God, I don't want to hold you hostage to what you've done in the past. Whatever you want to do, Hanani, here I am, Lord. Do what you want to do. I know you did it that way last time, and I celebrate it. But God, I'm ready for what you want to do today. Is anybody ready for what God wants to do today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to do a new thing. Band, you can come back up. I hope you have seen this morning the importance and the opportunity that you have to receive a new mind. The reason why the devil hates these types of messages so much is because this is where real breakthrough happens. See, in the charismatic church that we all like, it's a lot of feelings and it's a lot of emotions and I've been through that and you can fall down a thousand times but until you change your mind it's going to be the same person getting up going in the same routine and getting out of life which you have always got isn't that the uh, definition of, of, of insanity right the person who does the same thing over and over expecting a different result but God is going to give you a new mind you might be here and your mind is stuck on the past and past hurts and past wounds and past disappointments. And just know I am not belittling any of that. I hear you. And most of it is legitimate. But God wants to deliver you from that. And this morning is your opportunity to let that go. Some of you are here and you have this this mind state that you are so hurting for recognition or approval from people and God is wanting to, take, wanting to take you to new levels but that mind state, that mindset is not able to go. God is going to give you the grace this morning to lay that thing at the altar and to go forward. Some of you are dealing with tormenting thoughts that have been plaguing you day in and day out. 
and you hate going to bed because that's when those voices speak the loudest. God is going to deliver you this morning. He is going to begin to speak to you about who you are and how much he loves you and what he has for you. If you're online, I want you to stay focused in this moment. God is going to give you breakthrough in the arena of your mind. Before I go into this last scripture, I want to reiterate again that we have an opportunity this, the opportunity this month. Four more weeks of men's and women's, and the whole topic is renewing your mind. You can't say, God, I want it, and then come up with excuses on Wednesday why you can't be there. Your opportunity is before you. Seize that. Seize that. Come on. Do you want to go in another year of the same life that you've always experienced? Do you, you know you hate it. Do you want to experience the same problems that you've always experienced? Or are you ready to see what God has for you? Put up Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my, what? My head with oil. And my cup runs over. You anoint my what? My head with oil and my cup runs over. What if the key to experiencing the life of overflow, the life of your cup running over, is an anointed mind? God's anointing is going to invade your thought life right now. So wherever you're at, would you just please stand up right now? Stand up all over the building. Come on, this is your opportunity for breakthrough. The power of God is absolutely going to show up right now. Everyone, if you would, put your hand on your head right now. I want to pray over you. I want to make declarations over you. God is about to give you a new mind. He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. You are about to experience break breakthrough. You are about to experience blessings like you never have. Your cup is about to overflow and it's going to be the result of anoint, an anointed mind, of anointed thoughts. So right now I declare in the name of Jesus that God is invading you in the arena of your thought life. God, begin to speak to your people about how much you love them. God, would you reveal to them an accurate image of who you are and an accurate picture of who they are. God, I thank you right now that you're going to give them anointed ideas for the future. That you're beginning to open up ears right now so they can hear the word of the Lord. I thank you for the authority that you have given me this morning. So right now, I break the lies that have tormented you from the beginning in Jesus' name. Come on, I break anxiety right now in the name of Jesus. I break the panic attacks that you have had in the name of Jesus. I break PTSD right now in the name of Jesus. Schizophrenia, you have to leave now in the name of Jesus. Bipolar disorder, you have to leave now in the name of Jesus. You anoint my head with oil. Oh, God, I thank you for your healing anointing right now. Ooh. Anoint their heads with oil. Give them a new mind. I declare sweet sleep. Some of you have not been sleeping. 
you were about to experience sweet sleep because he loves you in Jesus' name. So many of you have been tormented in the arena of your mind, but the scripture says he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord. God is going to give some of you the ability to focus again. The ability to have a clear mind again. I'm telling you, this is where real breakthrough happens. I declare overflow. I declare blessings in the name of Jesus. We're going to go into a song, and I want you to praise God like you never have before. I want you to praise God for the breakthrough. The victory is yours. The victory is won. God is going to take you to the new level, and he's going to transform you by way of your mind. Go ahead. Where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom, the kingdom is here, I lay down my old flame to carry church engaged don't miss your moment don't miss your moment praise him this weather transition I want to give anybody in this room opportunity we never like to go a service without giving the opportunity to, for a person who is not yet in relationship with God you may not have a clue of what's going on in here but something in your heart tells you I want in and I'm telling you that Jesus paid a price he, he offers the free gift of salvation so you can be in the family of God. So if that's you, would you be bold enough to raise your hand right now? We want to pray with you. We want to pray for you. So church, join me in prayer. Uh, if this is you, say, Father, I thank you for loving me. I receive right now the free gift of salvation. I repent of my sins and I turn to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior and change my life forever. Come on, if you're in here and you mean that, say amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 